0: Many people have problems with art and not with reality.
1: So why is art different?
2: It's pretty simple, right? This is
1: knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head.
3: Welcome to the Undergang armchair.
1: Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang armchair. My name is Ando. Hello everybody. Welcome back. How you doing? We are back here with a wrap-up from the collaboration we did together with the Chart Art Fair. We had the pleasure of speaking to quite a few different people who were involved. This is a two-part episode, the first part being a uh, short conversation that I had together with the uh, panel of speakers from one of the Chart Art Talks. It was namely Peter Pakesh, Shwetel Patel, Sophia Hernandez-Chong Khoi, Hans Ulrich Oberst, and Mark Rappeltz all of whom had just partaken, as I said, in a panel with the topic of globalism and its discontents. You can read more about who they are on the show notes for this page. They are all very esteemed art professionals. The second part of the program is uh, my sit-down conversation with Helga Christofferson, who is a curator for the New Museum and curated a show of emerging Nordic artists called Chart Emerging. And it turns out that it's a much larger project as well, so she's going to tell us about that. It's all good stuff. So personally, I had a good time at Chart, feeling like an undercover agent uh, in journalist clothes. But I'll tell you, uh, you get pretty worn out after a long weekend of chatting your heart out and meeting 10,000 different people. And uh, yeah, it's a good thing it only happens once a year. The truth is, at the end of it all, it makes me want to go back in the studio and make some work. So I want to thank Simon, Isabella, and all the other folks at Chart who really uh, put in an extra effort into this collaboration to make it work and uh, helped me all the way through it. And uh, let's keep our fingers crossed for next year. Enjoy. way, 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 way too much stuff to cover in terms of what we've been talking about just here in this last hour. Uh, But the thing I kind of fixated on uh, some of the discussion about pragmatism. And then I think we didn't, you know, we didn't necessarily get to when we were talking about globalism, about the context of chart, which brought us all together here. Uh, And I've been working with them and I found out that it's a non-profit fair. The galleries that started it built it on a non-profit model, which I found actually quite interesting. Some people didn't seem to care at all, but I thought that was kind of a, an interesting way. So they brought everybody here based off of this idea that the, 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 the for-profit world creates capital, which then brings in uh, the possibility to create non-commercial culture, art, to make Copenhagen more globalized. That's literally the goal they have here, is to try to bring the international art world here to little Copenhagen. So I think that was my jump-off point, was talking about how this, this, this globalized idea works right here, bringing us together here to talk about these ideas.
4: Well, I guess, I mean, it, you know, partly it's the way in which Copenhagen is a sort of quite easygoing meeting place in some ways. I think so. a lot of it's not necessarily just what happens in the art fair, but there's a lot of institutions within Copenhagen to go see, and the art fair maybe merely becomes a point at which people will come. And meet each other and then I guess the aim for the fair is that it becomes a habit and that people come back to meet new people to meet old friends and it's a repeated experience and I think it's partly because the fair is small um, manageable and you have enough time to see everything else it's not that you're sort of endlessly trudging through halls
1: yeah do you guys see this as any sort of model for continuing the discussions we've had today to kind of bring up important ideas, pragmatic solutions
2: but what would be the problem? Meaning, what are the solutions for?
1: That's an excellent question. That's what we've been getting to. Also, you know, what can what what questions can we address here? Is is this at all a format which we can use to address some of these questions? You guys have been talking a lot about institutions, uh, and and um, and cultures surrounding the institu- institutions, the visitors to these institutions
2: just say uh, briefly to respond to the question i think that uh, a fair like this one chart uh, which is uh, you know exists in other regions because they have other names but they're organized in a similar way i think that one of the things that they do uh, in particular for people that come from abroad that are invited say to participate in a talks program Um, Is that they? uh, What's very evident of these kinds of fairs with public programming and special events is that they're very proud of the accomplishments, or of the projects, or of the developments that have been happening within their their art environment, their art groups, uh, their art scene. Whether it's because they're showing you artists at their studios, or you visit exhibitions, museums, both in the city and in the outskirts of the city, is that these art fairs uh, are not just the commercial aspect of it, which it's actually quite beautiful in the case of Chart, but it also it allows you to visit their cultural offer in general. So it's a way in which uh, clearly a number of institutions get together under the umbrella, in the case of the art fair, to be able to show you what they've been doing. And I, for someone that comes from outside of the region or from abroad, uh, just from far away, it really allows you to get a sense of what's been happening here. Uh, again, there's studio visits, there's museum visits, there are gallery visits, there's walks in town, special events, and then the the art fair. So um, it, I'm not surprised that it's a non-profit to the extent that the effort is not just only to sell art, but to have an experience of the cultural scene, in this case, in Copenhagen.
0: I think it's also... Uh, it's very interesting how it place at regional together with this kind of uh, global aspect so to get a global public here and then to show the Scandinavian thing is for me the bigger regional thing and uh, and Copenhagen is a perfect place for this so it's uh, it's a new way to introduce very specific situations to uh, not a big larger public but to a special public and in this way i enjoyed it very much uh, to be around here and to understand a uh, lot of the specificity of the city and to be able to exchange with colleagues from all over uh, about this
5: I think it's, it's, uh, i've been to copenhagen many times i came here actually for the first time in the early 90s, when I did my first bigger exhibition with Kasper König, The Broken Mirror, which was a painting show uh, we did in Vienna, and we came here to visit Pierre Uh Then it was a second round of visits, you know, later in the 90s when we did the Nuit Blanche exhibition at the Musée d'Armodein de, de la Ville de Paris, where I curated a show about, you know, the emerging generation, the amazing dynamics, really, in uh, Northern Europe in um, in the 90s. It was... Basically, artists from, uh, Norway, Sweden. Denmark, uh, Finland, uh, Iceland, and it was a show called Nuit Blanche, and ever since, you know, I've been here. I've been here regularly, but I think it's interesting about the the Moment is, of course, that um, that many different uh, exhibitions happen, uh, that one can visit all the galleries, all the museums, uh, and I mean, we spoke earlier about the archipelago in our discussion, and you know, I've been very inspired by the archipelago of uh, Edouard Glissant, the philosopher poet from Martinique who says that the uh, Antillean archipelagos and the geography of the Antillian archipelagos, which is where he's from, <laughs> he was born in, in Martinique, is important because they are an island group that has no center, but consists of a string of different islands and cultures. And the exchange that takes place between them allows each to preserve its own identity. So in, in Glissant's own world, the archipelagos are extremely important because it was in these islands that the idea of creolization, that is, the blend of cultures was most brilliantly fulfilled. Continents reject mixings, whereas archipelic thought makes it possible to say that neither each person's identity nor the collective identity are fixed forever and established once for all. I can change through exchange with the other without losing or diluting my sense of self. And it's archipelic thought that teaches us this. So in a way, if you think about the archipelago and the world of The world of art as an archipelago means, of course, that there are many, many centers. You know, we no longer have this idea of an absolute center. At a certain moment after the Second World War, Paris lost, you know, the avant-garde to New York, today it's... On all continents, we have a polyphony of centers and, you know, Copenhagen is one of these centers and then you can apply the logic also within the city. You can say, you know, there are all these initiatives within the city of, of Copenhagen and it's important that they collaborate, that there are synergies uh, uh, and so on.
1: So the fair isn't necessarily the important part. It's the fact that we're all here together for the fair.
6: I just want to add, <clears throat> um, and I think addressing the non-profit, I think that's also can be an expedient strategic organizational move. So I think that in of itself um, doesn't tell you much uh, from its legal status vis-a-vis, you know, the, the, the tax office, um, it, it you know, it, what are the values of the fair? Um, you know, I think that the, these are the, or the, the freedoms that it allows, let's say the artist community or even the community in large. And, um, uh, I think it's it's wonderful that it's happening. Um, but we have to really ask, you know, who is the audience? Uh, you know, does it serve the artists? Is it, is it, is it... Um, and, and you know, I think a uh, very cursory of you know, this, my second visit to Copenhagen uh, after a very long time, and um, I was struck taking some taxis, uh, that the four or five taxis I've taken now, uh, predominantly Pakistani origin drivers. And so I got into a conversation uh, about uh, what was happening here, and apparently there is uh, quite a lot of uh, communal tensions in certain areas around uh, Copenhagen, and um, and I asked them whether they feel comfortable, and, and these are very cursory discussions. So um, you know, I, it's important, I think, uh, for the for the fair to be situated in in the city, as it were, and for it to really ask itself uh, who are the stakeholders. That it, that, that it wants to speak to um, clearly the market and the galleries which is such an important part and it's not something to, to be taken lightly because artists need to survive and sell work and you know uh, live uh, productive lives and uh, they need they need uh, galleries to do that for them and we need a collector base to, 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 to support these artists you need curators you need institutions um, but you also need a civic uh, coming together uh, and you need diverse audiences um, and so, I think these are kind of questions, and I think it's still a young project, a little bit like the project that I'm working on in India. And, um, and, and they take a long time to unfold, you know, and to find their reason of existence. Um, and I think these are, you know, the talks program and bringing these people together, bringing us all together here, um, I think it's a wonderful thing in the sense that uh, you bring all these different polyphonous voices together around the table um, to, to discuss some of these issues. But I think the orientation, the um the spirit of the project uh, should also be uh, kind of thought through and
5: of course the fair you know is important also locally and uh, it sort of you know gives a lot of, uh, basically, insight into work, which is created internationally and, and here as well. Uh, and it creates a critical mass, you know, which I think is very, very interesting. So it's definitely, you know, um, very important that this fair takes place. It's very important that there is this archipelago of, other, of many different things happening. But I think your point of, you know, the story of the taxi driver very much mirrors my experience recently with a taxi driver in London, uh, which I was telling before where, you know, a taxi driver dropped me next to my office at the Serpentine. I came back from a trip early one morning and, you know, the driver assumed I would work there because obviously, um, uh, well, was out of opening hours, and uh, he said, he, you know, he wanted to tell me the story of his daughter. And uh, I, I haven't actually told the story to the end before, so I'm going to tell it now. Because so basically, the the, the daughter ran on a walk. The, she was with the family, and on a Sunday they went on a walk in the in the in Kensington Gun And the daughter suddenly ran into our pavilion, which we commission every year by an architect, um, and which is free admission. So free admission is absolutely key in a society of ever you know increased inequality I very much think that uh, museums should be free and I think also in Denmark it's essential free admission to to museums So, um, but free admission is not enough that's what uh, you know this story sort of taught me because uh, he said he would never have you know gone to this pavilion so we should just run in because he said so I said why because it's free admission he said because it's not for people like me so there is this blockage there is this obstacle there is this you know Thing in the way which um, uh, we have to somehow remove, and that of course happens when we, you know, carry art or architectural exhibitions into society. We get them outside the museum because then, you know, it was amazing. He said that the daughter now speaks about nothing else but architecture. She's fourteen, fifteen years old, and he's convinced that she's, you know, going to become an architect. You know, maybe she's going to be the next, might be the next Zaha Hadid, and she has not, she would not have made this experience if we would have waited for this family, you know, to come to the museum. So mirroring this with your story, I think it is important that, you know, art goes and is brought and is basically happening in these different neighborhoods. Absolutely,
6: uh, and I think, you know, you mentioned emergencies and uh, crises and, you know, real, real, real urgent things that, you know, I think that uh, we, we, we all need to be cognizant of. And um, one of the great... Uh, urgent uh, uh, issues that faces the european uh, continent today 's migration and uh, there 's an election coming up in Germany next month uh, I think brexit is is, is really a, an example of i think the you know the, the kind of uh, politics that can emerge and the kind of rhetoric and the kind of discourse that can emerge um, if things are left unchecked and clearly. There has been a humanity. There is a continuing humanitarian crisis, and there is vast swaths of people who are non-indigenous to Europe uh, living in Europe. And I'm uh, uh, not uh, of European origin, but I've been brought up in the UK and so on. Uh, but you know, th- these. I'm not saying that arts it's arts responsibility, but these are really pressing matters. And I think uh, saying you know just following from what you've just said. Um, I think that more effort has to be made, perhaps, to decentralise and uh, to, to go into spaces and to go into areas. And the comment I got from the taxi driver, and I said, "You know, is, you know, do you feel optimistic?" He said, "Look, everything is fine. Just get us out of the ghettos, because he felt that these were these were places where the the, the violence was fermenting. That the fact that you had all these immigrant communities together, and this is unrelated point to chart, but I mean, I think." Uh, Perhaps there's something there to think about.
1: Well, yeah, it comes back to also the idea of what engagement do you have with the communities around you and how do you draw people in? And, uh, you know, does, you know, the thing that I immediately go to is do we, does art have a responsibility? You mentioned earlier that we shouldn't necessarily work too fast because we should also talk about, uh, you know, things, there's value in thinking things through and working on longer research projects etc rather than just immediately reacting constantly to what's happening right around you.
0: I think we have to be aware that we have very different audiences and we have different audiences all over the globe and uh, we have different audiences in uh, smaller situations like Copenhagen or Denmark however. the classical idea from the 19th century was a very hierarchical one, and there was one audience as society is supposed to be one audience. Of course, even then, there was not one audience. But today, it's of course, it's a, the migration, it's social uh, uh, questions, all these things form very different audiences, and we have to be much more aware how to address them, how to work with them, how to bring them together. And I think that's important. Uh, uh, and I'm very happy to hear this link to the whole migration question because I think Europe really has to learn to speak different cultural languages in different ways and to be able to handle them within the same communities. And um, And I think that's, uh, that's an thing for cultural politics as well as for initiatives and chart is in a very good way to be an initiative within the uh, situation of a society within the fabric of a society and um, if a non-profit in this case linked with the commercial world can move like this I think that's very positive
4: I think it's also um, important not to confuse reaching out to people with pleasing people as well i mean recently i was in turin and had this incredible experience in a tiny little model train shop with this woman about 60 years old was um selling one of my colleagues a set of 1970s italian electric trains um and then after a while she said so what do you guys do and we said we're organizing this show in the center of your city and do you go to exhibitions much and she was like i go all the time i always go to exhibitions and all the while these model trains with their lights on are sort of circling her head and behind her And she goes, yeah, and I always write letters of complaint. Um, Because the one thing about exhibitions is the lighting is terrible. Mm -hmm. If you guys do nothing else, just do lighting. So they're giving us all these lighting tips for about half an hour as the trains with their little lights were sort of circling her head. But, you know, she had this engagement that as far as I could work out was largely based on um, engaging negatively with shows and trying to improve them. Like, So she was saying she writes letters to pretty much the organizers of every show she goes to about something that isn't right, whether not normally the content, but normally about how the show is put on. But it made me aware that you don't always have to, you know, people can engage in different ways. It's not always that they have to like what's going on.
1: There's that diverse audience again. Yeah, it just it goes back to me wondering about these 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 initiatives and how they work uh, and, and what they do. And and to me, ch- chart has been tremendously positive. This is the first time I've worked with it, but I wonder about further steps. Just in general, with the fair model and everything, um, does anybody have any final comment on 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 the way? It seems to me that fairs are starting to really start to consider this now. It's fairly new that this is a thought about what does a fair mean outside of the actual fair in the city in the context in the greater
5: i think it's interesting that uh you know it happens in the country of asker young and uh asker young not only was uh you know a great artist and great painter and uh, was very important for me when i grew up in switzerland because i came as a teenager across his writings and his books because of connection he had to this erko gallery you know in st Gallen, which is nearby where i grew up and and one thing which impressed me enormously when I was a kid and read about him is his idea of, you know, redistribution. That he actually, through his painting, uh, all of a sudden made a lot of money, and then started to do all kinds of things with that. He would support the situationist movement. Uh, he would uh, also um, support uh, this amazing, you know, publishing initiative of documenting all these churches, these architectures, which, you know, almost like the Bechos, you know, later on, was something which otherwise would not have been documented, uh, would help also the preservation of that. So I think in a way, it was very fascinating, that that idea of redistribution. And I think, you know, we um, think about the local connection, and we think about Oscar maybe it's time to think about such models again for the 21st century.
2: I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, it is an art fair, uh, but it doesn't just mean that it's an art market that we're talking about. I think that chart, as many other fairs that have a regional focus, they are also markets of ideas. So there's a lot of exchange uh, being done whether it's references, production that takes place elsewhere, examples that are uh, that are discussed. So it's not just about what's being sold, but what's being exchanged uh, conceptually, which uh, through conversations, through meetings and whatnot.
1: And that's what I think we should head into rather than away from. There's a lot of maybe implicit criticism in that, but I don't I don't mean to go into like saying, "Oh, it's a shame." I think we should lean into it. What's the power of this? What is the power of 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 gathering everybody for these different things? What can what can this bring us?
6: Just say again from my own example in Kochi, that these uh, it, it, we should move away from event uh, festivalism, event culture, and I think that it, it being a non profit and perhaps being able to run raise money through philanthropic and government and uh, and, and, and donations and so on that there should be a year round focus that the, you know the chart exists for this weekend uh, once a year, and we 're all happy to come of course, but the activities of the foundation, as it were uh, run throughout the year, and I think we mentioned it in the talk earlier. Education, um, you know, I think education should—I'm uh, sure it's a core part—but it should be even more um, uh, pr- important within the schema of things. That you know, the the international art set is important, the collector set is important, um, and so on. But really, the grassroots, the the bottom up. Um, uh, activities that happen on a, on a sustained year-round basis um, I think uh, is extremely important and and how and what forms that education takes it doesn't need to simply be uh, teaching students art history or giving them drawing pads and so on uh, it can it can take all sorts of I- innovative dynamic uh, uh, ways and methods and using artists in the local community
5: and so on I think also basically the idea of making you know visible emerging artists uh from Copenhagen, from Denmark, from the region. Uh, it's something, I think, you know, relevant for uh, everyone who comes here, either from the city or from, from abroad to, you know, find out more. And that's my curiosity always. You know, I'm always making research. And so one of the reasons why I'm here is it's a great opportunity to see um, what yet a new generation is doing. And uh, so I think that's a very important part. There's tremendous power in that. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Thanks guys.. Yeah, we
1: <laughs> and thus concludes the first part of this episode featuring the esteemed speakers. Once again, that was Peter Pakesh, Shwetal Patel, Sophia Hernandez Chongkoi, Hans Ulrich Obrist, and Mark Rappold. Please look at the show notes page to read more about them. And now on to my talk with Helga Kristofferson. But I was curious, just as a good place to start with, uh, how you ended up in New York
3: uh i've been there for eight years um and i i originally went to new york to to do a master's degree uh yeah to study i applied to this program and i i got accepted and um yeah that's really how i how i got to new york what program was that uh it's called center for curatorial studies uh it's part of what's called bard college it's uh mostly an undergrad college but they do have a few kind of uh, masters programs, and one of them is this curatorial program.
1: Did you start here in Denmark with an undergrad or anything like that?
3: Uh, I yeah, I have a BA in art history from the university here in Copenhagen.
1: But you decided you wanted to get out of town and try something.
4: Uh,
3: you know what? To be honest, uh, it was quite like a killer to study art history. I it wasn't really f- like it wasn't really for me. I had worked in. In the arts in different capacities much before i studied uh, but in a more much more practical way i was uh i was a studio assistant for many artists for many years um and i ended up in art history uh feeling that like i definitely didn't want to be an artist myself but uh, but that kind of a very like uh closed off environment of really not uh having anything to do with with something that was actually made out in the world <laughs> was was kind of uh yeah not very enjoyable for me in terms of studying so I kind of managed to finish the BA but I knew that I was definitely not going to going to pursue that kind of academic work you wanted to be more hands on yeah 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 and uh and there wasn't really any opportunity of doing that in Denmark so that's that's why I started to look elsewhere
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those big things for people in our field, you know, because either you decide to be hands on and do something or you just end up teaching, doing academic work any you know, those sort of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it can be tough because, like you say, if you start out doing one of them and then switch over to the other, it looks like a gaping abyss.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, I didn't, it, I guess it's also like, it was also maybe, maybe it was an environment, the, the university here, like, it was really very non, yeah, non-engaging and non-conversational, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you have all these classes, and at the end, whomever is lecturing is asking whether there's any questions, and, like, nobody ever has any questions, right. <laughs> so.
1: Are, are we having fun yet, or what?
3: Yeah, so, um, and I just, yeah, I... I guess I was craving a different kind of environment, and
1: that's funny. I mean, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, that's also maybe something about Denmark. People are a little bit more withholding with their feelings yeah, and engaging yeah. and stuff.
3: No, no, for sure. It's it's also it's also cultural. I remember ending up like starting uh, my like studies studies in New York and ending up in classes where yeah where it's it's kind of the opposite situation. You know, uh, people, people are
1: screaming at each other Exactly. <laughs> people
3: can't wait and, and you're just sitting there as like like with your kind of Danish <laughs> kind of, you know, you have this whole filter of asking yourself: Is this really worth saying? Should I really say this? Sure, should sure. I take other people's time by saying this? No, I should probably hold back. No, no, maybe not say it. You know, you said with all your considerations of, and like, obviously, clearly, nobody around you thinks on that level. Nope.
1: <laughs> no, and it's 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 one of the great things about studying and going to university is it is a time to really go for it in terms of just you know.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yelling
1: it out or whatever. It yeah, or oh, to
3: also yeah have be part of a different kind of uh conversation for at least for me that was that was a big thing
1: yeah and so so did you just stay in new york after that after you were done
3: uh, no i mean i guess it's part of uh yeah i guess the the, the answer is yes but um of course part of is it is that when you're there to study you you get a visa for a certain amount of time um but actually, like I, 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 after one year in in New York, I I took a break of one year. I was asked by the Danish Arts Council here in in Copenhagen, um, if I could be the organizer of the Danish Pavilion at the Venice Biennial in 2011, and somehow that, that kind of compelled me into like, uh, yeah, at least taking a break from yeah taking a break in New York and I went here for 10 months uh and did that or between here and Venice I guess
1: um well that's a big job uh
3: yeah I guess I I I thought that wow that was something that for sure I would really love to do and um yeah yeah so I I I did that but I ended up then returning to New York and finishing what was then I guess the second year right of of that degree yeah. and finishing yeah. uh, and uh, um, and yeah I guess then the reason I stayed in New York uh, was that a few months before I graduated I was um, I was asked by the the, the person who is who's, who I'm now working for <laughs> actually um, is a curator called Massimiliano Johnny he's uh, he was just appointed the artistic director of the Venice Biennial in 2013 and um he he offered me the job as his assistant curator on 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 the Biennial which uh, I of course said yes to <laughs> um so I actually started working with him yeah uh, a few months before I graduated and uh yeah and and initially stayed in New York because of that because oh. of of working um on the Biennial from New York uh from yeah various coffee shops like around the city. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh yeah and then and then once once that show opened, um I guess also my visa was out, like it ran out again, but uh eventually I was offered a job at the new museum where I am now and have been for the last four years. Yeah. So yeah.
1: So a nuts and bolt question for the young people who wonder how jobs like this happen what is it is it because you meet these people during your studies or what is it exactly that that leads to these opportunities
3: uh yeah that's a good question um uh i guess for me really yeah it it's always been the case that one thing i did led to the other i think the reason why i even was accepted in to this program in new york where they don't they don't they only take 12 people a year um it was probably because i worked on this very big exhibition here in Copenhagen called U-Turn, which was really like the first large-scale international biennial like exhibition. Um, and I was... I remember when the curators for that exhibition had just been appointed, and I uh, I somehow managed to get in touch with one of them and and have a coffee with her, and uh, I think I very kind of boldly told her that I think I thought she should hire me <laughs> as part of that. So I think I was actually the first person they ever hired to work on that uh, show, and I worked yeah like throughout that and did and did a lot. And I, I think because I did that, that was probably the reason why I was accepted into. Yeah, into CCS, where I got to st- where I got to study, and and so these various experiences, I guess.
1: Right, you meet let, people, you do yeah, work, you yeah. work professionally with people. They see what you can do, how you are to work with.
3: Somehow, yeah, I think I, I think also like the reason for the strange email from the Danish Arts Council, <laughs> if I could organize it, that somehow also came out of of having worked for like that U-turn project here sure. in Copenhagen, and eventually I think that mattered a lot. Or also getting to work in uh, in Venice in 2013.
1: Well, it speaks to um, the importance of of asking for what you want. That's one thing a lot of young artists, curators, anybody who's interested in entering a world which you know, yeah, is hard to get I into, think so.
3: It, it. I even think a lot about it today because. Because only I mean now I've been working maybe in this field for I don't know ten years or twelve years or something and it's only recently that I'm starting to have people work for me. I was always the person working for other for other people, but now um and it's it's uh, yeah. And I have this like I don't know, just great awareness that like you you are somebody yeah, somebody working for somebody else. You can actually ask a lot and you should ask a lot. You shouldn't actually be too polite or too kind of um grateful. Like obviously you need to whatever you do do that well but 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 also you can actually uh yeah, you can ask for a lot and you should. You shouldn't be afraid of of going to somebody and saying, Hey, I, I wanna I wanna work for you and I wanna I wanna be part of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know it definitely speaks to you know, and you can see it time and time again with the people who are working on various projects around and are, you know, there are people who who ask for it, essentially. Yeah. But I was curious, how did you get involved with this project, with curating uh, this show for for Chart?
3: Uh, I was asked by Simon, who's the director of the fair. Um,
1: so you guys know each other from back in the day somewhere?
3: No, actually, we don't know each oh. other. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I I have followed the f- I've actually I followed Chart from from its beginning um, just because. Yeah, I guess I was I I was interested when Chart first uh, started in, yeah, five years ago now. Um, and I guess somehow I decided to always go to Copenhagen exactly in this weekend a year, which means I've actually been here the last five or like the last four. And now it's the fifth to see, yeah, to see Chart. Just because, um, of course, I, I do give a lot of thought to where I come from and what art is being made here and, and how... I can follow that and, and still work with that in, in many ways. Um, and yeah, and chart always was this, I guess, this place that I could go and then, yeah, I could feel that within a short amount of time I, I would see some things and feel more connected to what was going on in this part of the world now that I wasn't here.
1: Well, I imagine some of your strengths in New York also are not being from the U.S., having a different yeah, yeah. Point, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Of course, I I do give a lot of thought to how how you can bridge different different things. You know, it's it's not it's not that I'm able to to invite heaps of artists from Denmark to like do shows with me in New York just because of how things structurally work there and and the point of orientation there. But um, yeah, but still, it's something that I, I do give a lot of thought. So uh, it 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 felt important to follow uh what was going on here so i i have come here like for the last four years um but i don't really know i don't really know simon like for that reason i, I was just a guest mm. um yeah
1: did you um like what what did they give you f- open you know they just said go for it do whatever you want or did you guys have to work more together on the uh...
3: yeah i'm actually yeah i'm quite surprised at some at some point in the process i was like I was saying to Simon, Ah, I really owe you an update, you know, because I've been working a long time and and uh at some point I thought like he must he must give a damn <laughs> about what the fuck I'm gonna do, <laughs> and the only answer I got was like, No, 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 no I trust you, yeah, I fine. trust you it's fine. <laughs> it's fine, I trust you, uh which was like at some point <laughs> a little bit worrying, but uh no, no, I mean all in a positive sense, but uh uh no, I have to say, <laughs> I've been working on this project in like completely alone, and I think he has probably only found out what happened like about a month ago.
1: Well, that's why we're talking together, is because they mentioned to me that it has been a long and really intensive process yeah, to yeah. put together the show. So, could you tell tell me a little bit about what your ideas for the show was and how you started to put it together?
3: Completely, uh, I think when I was invited to do um this uh show to be quite honest i my first reaction was that i wasn't so interested in only doing a small show that opened in next to an art fair and that that was it like also because the in a way the premise of of chart is that it's a nordic art fair which means somewhat you are invited to look at the like the nordic scene right um and also given that i haven't lived in denmark for 10 years really i'm not the expert um so uh yeah so in a way that was also a little bit my reaction maybe to simon that that um that it's a really really nice invitation but as such you know people who are qualified to put together a show like that or or even just give some kind of um proposition of what's going on here at this moment i'm probably not the strongest doing that um so I guess my (laughs) my regardless
1: they chose you
3: yeah no 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 that that's it's all that's all good but I mean it it, it's also just me figuring out that then how that's also a really exciting challenge you know like um but I guess my counter proposal to Simon was that um instead of doing it instead of doing a single show then what I could propose to him was to do like a three-year-long research project um, and make the show like the the first component, and then uh turn it eventually into a book and into an online kind of a digital resource um which then kind of made the starting point for the project uh much broader and actually um he very generously were was able to uh, fundraise and offer me uh, a budget to to do research in all all, all, in all of Scandinavia which means I I travel to uh, Finland Norway Sweden uh, Iceland, and and of course around Denmark um, yeah and I've met heaps of heaps of artists uh, of course not everybody that I could meet this like that would be um, but uh, there is no end yeah yeah but but I have had the opportunity to really travel and do and, and do research, which was then the starting point for the project at large, but also was in a way what I decided to then bring to bear on on this, uh, on this exhibition and say, rather than than trying to do anything that's an overview of something that's going on in, in the Nordic countries right now, because that is not something I'm able to do with a show of the size and also of this time. Um,
1: so do you, like how long has this been going on?
3: Uh, I guess uh, from the beginning of the year.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it's you're still fairly new into this process. Yeah, yeah,
3: case. yeah. I started with I started like the first the first travels in January, I think. Hmm. Um, but
1: you've done a lot. I mean, someone th- at some point told me you've looked at over a thousand CVs and.
3: Yeah, I guess like the I guess the other part of the process that was started was was um, yeah it was just to. Uh, more kind of systematically try to understand like what even is a younger generation of artists in the Nordic countries and and um, how to even approach looking at that I'm not I'm somebody who's who's very much for you know um, uh, yeah I don't know gathering materials and gathering lists and gathering names and looking at like bigger pictures I don't think it's I'm not also not afraid of of talking about okay what what if you talk about a generation of of artists in Scandinavia? who is that and how old are they and, and what are they doing you know like the um also because on my part i'm interested in in understanding maybe that's also another point of departure for this right like that i I've been away for such a long time that I actually f- feel not so connected to my own generation of artists.
1: So it makes sense to do research in that case. Yeah, you're yeah. not just calling your friends, you're actually trying to find something.
3: Yeah, yeah, because I don't know I don't know the scene the scenes so well. At the same time, I do wonder about the fact that at least in a Danish context, which is the context I know the best, there's like there's a moment of, of the generation that's 10 years older than me. I'm born in 83, so 10 years older and there's a generation of at least Danish artists who really kind of established themselves as a group and as as with kind of um, uh, yeah have have gained quite some like very impressive kind of careers and have done amazing things and are still exhibiting widely in Denmark and abroad etc um, but if i look at my own generation of artists it's very hard to actually see uh, to see somebody who really kind of got the foot down and i'm not saying that that is the end all and be all of what you want to do as an artist i'm just i'm just saying that if people abroad ask me which they really often do um who you know who is who is the, who is the artist from my generation from here that are currently let's say doing many things uh taking part in, in exhibitions elsewhere outside of outside of the country um, I'm not able to men- to mention that many actually. That's um, really
1: interesting because now that you say it there aren't a lot of 35, 36, 37 year olds kind of working right now here in Denmark.
3: No, I mean I I guess I guess I guess I think there are but but um but I guess it's it's also not and it it's, this is not about a critique in any sense it's about the fact that that as in many other places in the world like there's at least in the art world, there's cities and centers that are more kind of not points. And then there's places that are necessarily smaller art scenes and more regional art scenes. And the scenes in Scandinavia, they are smaller and they are more regional compared to, um, yeah, compared to kind of the kinds of centers that maybe sometimes the art world kind of orients according to. Um, And it's a real question of how do you travel From one to the other (laughs) and between these and how you know how how do you how do how are you here in in this city in this country and you make work and 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 how is that brought into dialogue with work that is made by your peers elsewhere
1: or in your case how do you apply this to your research and the end result
3: yeah of course yeah 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 Uh uh
1: have you set any criteria or any goals or are you leaving it pretty open for yourself?
3: No, I guess I decided when approaching this show that I didn't want to come um I didn't want to go go about and and have a very specific idea and then what, then looking for people to illustrate that idea. I don't want to decide that I need to make a show about migration at this point in time and then go and find somebody whose work can illustrate my idea. Um I don't think that's a way to go about understanding something that's um, that's a kind of a force in in at this moment in time. Rather, I think going out and then actually trying to listen to what people say and then starting to understand how that resonates with each other, and then trying to ultimately um, amplify am- amplify that. Uh, that's the only. That's the only response I have to an invitation that asks me to look at something that's of this moment in time uh of of a younger generation of of artists doing some you know doing something then I necessarily feel that I have to leave behind my smart ideas about what i uh what I think is topical <laughs> you know like but but so so the show really kind of came about through um yeah through kind of picking up threats in the works of these 11 people and collectives um, and, and starting to relate them to each other.
1: So what are you saying, 11 from the Nordic area?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. So the, I guess the, the, the group I brought together is, is artists from, from all those five countries. That's um, a small,
1: small, small sample size there.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can do a show that's like, that's, that's bigger, at least not if you are asking people to make like ambitious, new, often site-specific work uh so that's also like that's also a budget choice um i'm not so like given that this is the context of a fair and you have like an entire building just filled with small objects that was put into it honestly i didn't feel the need to like gather more small objects and put them (laughs) into a building that felt really super super uh um so uh the priority for the for the show here has really been to um Yeah, to work with each of the artists and and present new work and and often work that was in a scale or a a level of ambition that they had not been able to work in before Um, and to use this opportunity to to offer them that.
1: The commissioning of new work. Yeah. So before we go too far into that, I'm curious though about what it was like when you went to, let's say, Iceland or Norway or wherever you went. Were you... Doing studio visits, were you trying to connect with with people locally who could help you? I mean, yeah, yeah, that? yeah.
3: Uh, I was doing studio visits often. In each of the cases, the national funding agencies uh, helped in terms of both logistically and with recommendations. Uh, beyond that, I have to say that I like like normally I I know when you go someplace, like generally, also researching in other parts of the world, that like you ju- you just have to ask multiple sources. You can't, you know, if you if you ask. The Danish arts agency here in Copenhagen—they're gonna give you a specific list of artists, and and not all of, not all of the people that you might want to meet is on that list. So absolutely. Um, so you have to uh, you have to try and like I guess, to go multiple avenues. Um, yeah, which is a mix of like you can easily look up like all the exhibitions that took place in the last few years. What did the institutions show? What did the non-profit spaces show? What did the artist-run spaces show? What's the galleries there? Um, which connections or contacts do you have there? Which artists have I worked with before? And then I ask artists about other artists, like who who are you peers, who do you talk to, etc. And 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 you just kind of go from there.
1: Sounds like a lot of work.
3: Uh, oh, or a I lot mean, of
1: research, you know, a lot yeah. of time. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, digging. no. It's.
3: I mean, it's 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 kind of. I don't know. It's 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 fairly kind of short emails, but but uh, but uh, yeah yeah. I also feel like within my field at least like this it's a fairly established praxis that you you travel a lot and you go to places and and you know people there and and you reach out and you ask, "Hey, I'm coming there, like would you, you know, who should I meet?" Right. And they connect you to like five people and then you ask those people and then then uh, yeah, that 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 often that that's a really incredible way to kind of quickly get a sense of 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 what is at least a kind of a small However superficial <laughs> view into like a scene at a certain moment in time
1: right, open some doors there. but at a certain point you also have to make a decision about what it is you're looking for.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, in, in this case I really uh, I was really just I was really guided by the fact that that uh, some of these artists I met, their works and the things they were interested in and the ways they were working really started to resonate very strong strongly with each other and I chose to let that at some point i i thought okay now these five people to bring those five buddies of work together that makes a lot of sense to me and so, you know that's that that's the direction that means it's the direction and i i should take it mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: well now we are you know just a, a few days out from the uh, the show here at chart but it sounds like this is just the first step as you were saying uh, before the big project you know the continuation of this
3: yeah yeah uh yeah i'm i yeah i guess i'm now so so lucky that it's it's uh it's turning into a to a bigger project and i guess the next step is is to um uh yeah to also continue with this research first of all because it's it's not done everything that led into this show is is uh i need to build on that or i want i want to build on that and um and and try and expand that. Um, yeah, and eventually turn it into to a publication uh, whose ultimate goal is to say something about what's um what is uh, going on, uh yeah, what a younger generation of artists are are working with in these in these countries at this moment in time.
1: When you say younger, uh, have you set a limit? Is it under forty is it No,
3: it's not about age actually like uh, I think that's very important to understand that like people generally hear, uh they're educated much later much uh than for example in the u.s and in the uk so it's it's not about an age but it's about the fact that that as an artist i guess you go through a period of time where you experiment with certain things that might often be an educational context where you are able to uh test things out and and in a way you know the thing you put out it can still be somewhat of a of a of a try right um and then Maybe at some point either you you come out of that structure of <laughs> that education, or you by yourself decide that now you're actually going to launch something into the world, which is a proposition of something that you stand behind and that you want to do, and that you put out there as as I guess your ultimate you know um, your work and and a line of thought mm-hmm. that you want to share and, in and, a
1: discourse.
3: Yeah, and 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 I feel that that's like that's a that's a moment where you can talk about something that's emerging and something that's, um, starting out and you can be old and do that and you can be very young and do that, but, but that's nevertheless like a kind of a starting point for, for something that can be taken serious and should be taken serious as an, as a, as a proposition for an artistic practice. It's part
1: of the conversation at large.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so that's, so I feel that's a moment to look at.
1: When are you? When you're thinking publication, are you thinking more than these eleven artists you've put together? Oh, for yeah, this yeah, yeah. Much larger much overview larger, at that point. Yeah, yeah. And then an eventual larger exhibition.
3: Uh, you can sell the idea yeah, or whatever. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, that's a good question. Yeah.
1: So It's still early, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Is the point? Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Undergang Armchair. The intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by The Passion Hi-Fi. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our postnatal depression of a website, undergang.net. If you like the show, we would appreciate it if you'd take a time to leave a review on iTunes. It's the best way to help others find us. Thank you for joining us.